Welcome to the commentary track for Seminar Episode 40. This is Jeffrey Bridges. I directed this episode. And with me, we have writers Joshua W. Miller. Hello, Josh. Hello. And Jack Kalk. Hello, Jack. Hello there. Now, uh, as you folks listening may have noticed, uh, this is a bit different from most normal commentaries. Uh, The episode isn't playing yet. Uh, it's a shorter episode than most, and so uh, I wanted to uh, we wanted to start talking a little bit earlier to make sure that uh, everybody has a chance to you know talk about their short because there's not a lot of time uh, of runtime over them. So um, I guess we'll start with uh, Joshua since his short is up first, and um, I guess I just basically want to ask you at least to start with where you got the idea to bring in uh, uh, dinosaurs and and fighter planes. Um. Well, one thing I've learned as a writer is don't ask a writer where they get their ideas because it's a waste of time. We don't know where they come from. We just happen to know where we were and what we were doing when they came to us. I was just looking for an idea for seminar. I had several false starts because, like, I started writing and thought, no, this won't work. That's too long. This is stupid. Da da da. I was just looking around for something, and I just dug through some history books and found a book on World War One. It's sort of my favorite period to study in history. And I was just thinking what to do. Well, something that'd be weird and different and strange and something that'd be quick. Something that could be over and done with. That's usually my big problem. And I don't know. I was just looking through some of the other books and there was one on dinosaurs. And I thought, dinosaurs, this is because a Tyrannosaurus fighting a tank, a raptor in the trench. And then I saw a turn of page and it was on this one called Quexaquatilus. It's a pterosaur that has like a 30-foot wingspan. It's huge. It's monstrous. And I just thought, oh, my God, what this would be like, you know, with those little planes that only had like 10, 15 feet, and this thing was monstrous. So I just went with that and ran with it. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question is why, you know, you decided to use biplanes and everything. Because as a director, let me tell you, that um, made my life incredibly difficult. But... uh, Dark. But yeah, that, well, that explains it. Then it was just sort of a, a random happenstance, but it just happened to be the books that you picked up and flipped through, and the idea sort of gelled from there. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, I suppose we can go ahead and get it started going then. Seminar: A small group of students, as in a university, engaged in advanced study and original research. And here we have the. Uh, Nice bassy tones of Bruce Busby as we go into the uh, standard intro on the show. Uh, now, I should mention, uh, this was the, the first episode that I took over directing, so I did not actually do the casting for this episode. Um, this, these wraparound scripts were written by uh, Bernadette Groves, who is the editor on the show. Um, so that was very interesting coming into a show to direct that I actually had no participation in the casting of. I had no idea what I was going to get with anything, so it was all kind of a big mystery. I, I think just as a personal the thing that I noticed is that it's an interesting departure from what we're used to seeing on uh, on seminar. We've, we've moved out of the confines of the classroom, so to speak. Right. That was something actually Bernadette asked me if it was okay to do when she took over writing the wraparounds is that she didn't want to keep it strictly confined to uh, the same old classroom every episode. And I said, sure, you know, uh, uh, see what you can do with it. And so... So, you know, here we got uh, a number discovering her identity and, and crazy stuff with Klaus, Klaus von Schmenderfield, which may be the greatest name in the history of writing. 
then 45, then 32, and 12. Do I need to keep going? Go on. Just try and deny it. No one knows their parents' numbers. We need to get to class. I feel like oh. we should be saying something. Well, that, 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 that weird noise in the background was supposed to be the school bell. I didn't want to use a, a standard thing, so I tried to come up with something a little more futuristic. Not sure how well it really worked, but it was a little yeah, warpy. I don't think it worked very well, because I didn't have the same idea what it was. I, I kind of caught it, but... Ah, uh, well, win some, lose some. You know what this reminds me of? Mm. The Prisoner. Uh, yeah, I can see some elements from that. It's very much about, you know, who you are and whether or not you are more than a number that is assigned to you. There are some similarities there. We shall have to remedy that, won't we, Doctor? And there we have uh, uh, Kristen Bays, our instructor, finally coming into the episode. And then right off we go. Responsibility of your actions. Well, you know, I suppose that you, that kind of comes into play with Marcus. You know, he's somewhat responsible for what happens here. But again, I didn't write these scripts, so. But uh, I should mention before we get too far in that uh, in this uh, episode we've got Jared Griego as Peter, Richard Casto as Timothy, Mark Zaricor playing Marcus. And Gary Berkowitz with his one stunning line as the supervisor that he gave me like 20 takes for, so. Time to the target. Half an hour. But yeah, these, um, these biplane noises, they were a total pain in the butt to find. There's not a lot of biplane sound effects out there, at least as far as I could come across, so. It was actually, it was actually e easier doing that little timey-wimey noise than it was the biplane stuff, but. You got, by the way, you got the machine gun down perfect. It sounds <laughs> machine guns aren't aren't hard to find in sound effects. Well, I was afraid it would sound too modern. Well, right, I didn't want anything that sounded obviously too modern. But you, the biggest problem too was the um, when the the plane gets damaged and the tearing and the shredding of the wood and the cloth. It was it's very difficult to get that to come across, but. And also, of course, the, um, the the growls of the dinosaurs here. I didn't want to go for like a an eagle shriek or whatever that seemed too easy, and it wouldn't be different enough. It would sound too much like a bird, and so I wanted something that was a little more, you know, uh, alien sounding. What did you finally find? I mean, what is this exactly we're listening to? You know, I'm not sure. I, I did a ton of searching for, like, uh, monster growls and snarls and things like that. And uh, I found a set of these. This is, like, a mixture of, like, two or three different ones that I cut apart and would rearrange and move around. And I changed the pitch up and down and stretched them out and shrunk them down uh, to make a whole bunch of different ones out of it. But it reminded me a lot of uh, ravens. I don't know if you're very familiar with ravens, but they make some really crazy croaking noises sometimes. And I thought, you know, dinosaurs kind of predated birds. And it, I don't know, it, it gave me this creepy bird vibe, so I went with it. Yeah, it works. It generally works. Considering the budget, it works beautifully. Are you okay? Uh, I wanted to mention, too, before we get too far, that uh, uh, Richard Casto is Timothy. He was the ad-lib king of this episode. And um, actually, as you get to the end of this short, 
that entire long spiel that he goes on, just kind of ranting about how he doesn't even know how to deal with this, was a huge ad lib that he put in, and it cracked me up so much that I, I, had, I actually had to cut a bunch of uh, adult bits out of that ad lib and, and kind of restitch it together. But um, it was really hilarious, and I thought it gave a really nice little uh, uh, extra bit of hilarity to the ending. Yeah. I remember the first time I was, I was like, I don't remember writing that. <laughs> That's the joy of actors and their ad-libs. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen anything weird, strange, or just out of place? UFOs, storms popping up out of nowhere, knights on horseback, or... Flying dinosaurs. I'm kind of amused at the thought of, of Marcus just traveling through time and popping up in different places asking people all these random questions. <laughs> I just thought it funny is how nonchalant he is about all this. Right, it's, it's just a normal day in the life for him, you know. Pterodactyls mean that it was here for a nanosecond at least. You're looking for a a, a what? A tesseract. It's a four-dimensional object. A tesseract is to a cube. And for those of you listening, yes, there really is such a well, there really is such a term as a tesseract. Goodbye. Yeah, the the uh, in this script actually, your explanation of it went on a little more, and it was uh, a very informative, but it really slowed the pace to a crawl. And I'm like, why would these guys not be responding to him while he's talking about this stuff they can't understand? So I ended up truncating a little bit to make it feel more natural. Yeah, I can. The way I imagined him originally is he's sort of this fast talking tech. It's like it's a tesseract. A tesseract is a four-dimensional mm-hmm. object. Tesseract is to a cube is a cube. Cube is to a square. It's each that side of a cube forms a square, you know, but I think it's, you know, they don't interrupt them because they don't have the time. <laughs> you know, one of those people who doesn't, doesn't stop breathing long enough. <laughs> As you ruminate on the curious phenomenon of cause and effect, consider further how changing one small... And then after this here, we move into uh, why you pick up your socks, which is, I think, possibly the uh, shortest short we've ever had in the show. Uh, I'm not positive, but I, right. I'm thinking, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, basically this is what happens when you make me angry. I wrote this with the intention of Lance as my brother being eaten by a dog under... Or by being, <laughs> by being eaten by the monster under his bed. Even though you had no say in the casting, by the way. Exactly. So that, was, that was all happenstance. Casting done by Michael Berganzi, so... Um, but, so I want to um, mention there that video game in the background. That's a little bit of Red Dead Redemption I threw in for my own edification. No, not my own edification, but my own joy. Love that game, so. And Lynn, I have to say, it reminds me of my mom. I think it's really funny. Uh, yes, yes, we should mention this is Lynn Cullen as, as the mom, and your brother, Max Kalk, as Lance, and of course you playing Uncle Jack, which is how I Okay. <laughs> I didn't name him after me, I swear. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's named after the character in To Kill a Mockingbird, who's supposed to be the cool uncle to the uh, to the Finch kids. Ah. And it wasn't originally intentional, but I was in a production of To Kill a Mockingbird recently, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, in this scene, uh, actually, in this script, you had called for him watching the television, but it was in the kitchen. And so I thought, uh, oh. if he was watching the television, he could have been anywhere. And so I, th- I thought it was much finer to just have him actually raiding the fridge, and it, it seemed to fit with his character, uh, how, you know, he's kind of laid back about things, and so... Look, all I'm saying is that yeah, I'm that's some, totally something I would do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you let me stay up until 10. Okay, A, no. 
And I tried to do a bit of a switch with the music here. If you notice at the beginning, the music is much more lighthearted and comedic, and then it, it gets a little dark in the middle, and then at the end, obviously, it, it creeps up. So I was trying to kind of fake the audience out a little bit. It's only like, you know, what, like a two-and-a-half, three-minute short, so there's not a lot of uh, fake-outs you can do in there. But So did this, this come out of an actual conversation you had with your brother or anything? Or? Um, well, I wrote this January 2010, so that's going on a year and a half now, a year and seven months. Yeah. Um, and my dog had this habit of eating socks. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother left a sock on the floor, and my dog ate it and almost died. And um, this is kind of what came out of that. I see. And then this just reminds me so much of Lost, this sound right, this song right here. You know what? It is very Losty, and I can see, yeah. All the music here, of course, uh, in this short and the previous one, are from uh, the inestimable Kevin MacLeod, whose music you can find on Incomptech. He's brilliant. Incomptech? Yep. So, yeah, that's just a, a really short, um, horribly violent piece of writing, Jack. Well, way to go. You're, you're killing children in two pages. That's... <laughs> I know, you know what that what? says I did it my, I did it my first seven-hour short. I'll do it again now. That's right. You did. You Wow. <laughs> that was your first seminar short? No, I, I wrote one a couple of years ago. And there was also a dead child in it. So he's... Um, maybe you should talk to somebody about that, Jack. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says about you. Uh, it says that they're definitely my little siblings. That's all it is. <laughs> I think it was Freud who said everybody's got issues, but not everybody has problems. Peter Cat as Dr. Jones. H. Keith Lyons as Klaus von Schmenderfield. In Pterosaurs and Fighter And Dr. Jones. Richard Casto as was that an accident, or were you trying to be funny? You'd have to ask Bernadette. She named those characters. I'm not sure. Do you have uh, uh, something that you wanted to say there, Jack? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to thank Lynn and Max and you, Jeffrey, and Kevin, and I think you edited it, so that's everybody, for uh, helping out with Why You Pick Up Your Socks. Oh, oh yes, yes. Seminar theme by David Alexander all the voice actors for War for... Pterosaurs and fire planes did pretty good. Came out better than I expected. Well, that's that's good news. I, it's better than coming out worse than you expected, so I'll take it. That's good stuff. And there's you. Oh, there I am. The only one other thing I did want to mention that uh, I didn't get a chance to before about why you pick up your socks. There was that moment when he finishes the video game and you have him leave and then run up to talk to his mom who just called him, that's really hard to pull off in audio and you can't, like, see directions in that you can't see that he was, like, in the basement or whatever you put in the script and he, like, ran up and... That was really tough, so I just wanted to... let You know, I was cursing you for, like, an hour while I was working that out in audio, so... Well, you have a right to do that, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys made this tough. This was my first episode directing uh, in, a, in a couple of years now, so you... Uh, and your sound effects calls and the stuff that this required was, was pretty rough, but, you know, it gave me a good uh, exercise, so... Hopefully my muscles are, are my directing muscles are getting back into shape. And uh, do either of you have anything else that you'd like to add before we are done for this evening? Um, can't really think of anything worth mentioning. I'll probably think of it right after you stop recording. That's probably what'll happen. That's usually the way it goes. 
This is your friendly reminder to pick up your socks before you go to sleep. <laughs> and if you spot any strange, abnormal things, please refer to them immediately to your local temporal traffic control center. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.